Morning. Welcome one and all to this episode of our Mental Health NASA's podcast. Hi everyone, my name is Eugene Egan. I'm a peer transitions worker with the Recovery for All team. This is Jennifer and I work with the Recovery team. Hi, I'm Shay. I'm an expert by experience. And we're joined by our service user, Governor uh, Mushtaq Mirza. Thank you for joining us, uh, Mushtaq, today. Hello everyone, my name is Mushtaq Mirza. First, I would like to say this is the very word I'm very fascinated and passionate about. This Harvard psychologist was born in South Africa and her word was Sawabona. It's a beautiful Zulu greeting. It's a powerful convey. I see you and by seeing you, I bring you into being. So thank you. I mean, I'd like to um, start things off um, with you, Mustak, just to say that um, would you be able to tell us um, if you face challenges, how you manage to navigate through them? I mean, the challenges, I'm not face anything because I have got six children and eight grandchildren. The children loves me. But when I love my grandchildren, I become alive. Whenever I am in my heart, I'm always right and with the, uh, the other human being, when I'm here, I'm thinking, making, creating all this rubbish I have in my mind. When I, because I'm passionate about childhood adversity. Everything begin at the beginning. I, you know, when I hold my grandson, I said, you're the best life. I love you exactly as you are. You can be Superman, Spider-Man. He love it. Because I, but, I, you know, the behavior and action I can teach him but at the childhood, you said about, I was in the primary in India, primary school. I was going to go to the play. My anxiety was so bad, Steve, you won't believe it. My leg will show, shaking like a jelly. And yeah. what, one of the best thing happened, teacher of the drama, he said, they run out of time, you're not going to appear. The biggest relief I ever had. <laughs> I, and that fear is still lacking in there. But now... I want to live through, you know, when I see my grandson, I don't, when I'm living through him, he and me are together. When I see my son, when I see there's no separation, I live through them. And that's a, a one thing nobody can take away. And that's where the good stuff, childhood adversity, I forgot about it. I'll come back to you. But those are the things in the school. I never won any, when I came to this country, I went three years in secondary school. All I did, I was bullied, everything. I was one of the worst school I went in this country. Where the, but one thing I'd kept on going, there was no other things. No prize. I not had a one GCSE. There was CSE. I got prize for uh, just keeping every day to the school. That's the only thing I can celebrate in my own school day. Yeah, my, my school days weren't too clever either, to be honest. Like, you know, I had bullying and that. So, but I got... Um, the uh, I didn't get no awards for attending because I, I didn't really attend too much because of the bullying and that like you know and funny enough I was only talking to somebody I went to school with last night in the gym and we both happened to be talking about how our experiences which was quite traumatic at school and how it can affect you later on in life it and does, the, the, my friend I was talking to was telling me about he's dyslexic and in them days, when we were at school, they didn't understand dyslexic, right, yeah? And instead, the teacher would throw the uh, the rubber, the board rubber, 
yeah. at you or you got the cane or you got slippered or whatnot because yeah. they just didn't understand um, dyslexia yeah. and then you go home to your parents and you get more grief then so yeah yeah and unfortunately um your childhood experiences adverse experiences in childhood can affect um your your development later on as an adult yeah i, I remember what is another thing you know in our religion after ramadan you celebrate like a christmas one of the biggest feasts growing up in india because we had the money mom had the money but you know when your heart is tight you don't want to spend you want to keep it yourself you don't want to, my mom used to wrap old shoe bless her soul she done her uh, to make it new but every child now was a new or old when i saw everyone wearing beautiful clothes and it just stayed with me now so i buy my grandson this when i go shopping i spend what the money one for this grand i don't buy nothing buy for my for this grandson when he wear i feel alive through that that's what i say and even if i give somebody a gift or somewhere something it makes me feel happy why not you know so i can live another way you know not the past way i mean when i came in this country 1968 50 53 years ago i live with my father and most south asian community people live they all married they got the children and family back home so i never had any women in the house there's about 20 men one, three four people in one room it was just like a, uh when you look at it it's like it got to be a comedy show what's going on like you know uh, and uh, people uh, everyone my father used to work in a foundry so i didn't know about tradition I came from india going to school we never had even a bath i used to go to once local bath in rolf street smithic to have a shower and they used to give you soap when the soap is uh, gone then i come out from the shower you would you believe and all i did my father was a very generous very kind person i i started to learn cook for him when he come from work from the foundries and uh, you won't recognize him when he was in a foundry because he had to have a shower to come and then they in that surrounding culture either you muslim or not muslim, they all go to the pub have a few mild to get flush the system and that's all i knew it friday my father will give me money we can have go and have a fish and chips and uh, that was a known and sunday i used to go to cinema for a 50 a 10 shilling used to call and the highlight was having a coke bottle of coke you remember those Yes. And a samosa that was the highlight of the yeah. yeah nothing we never had a tv i never had a tv 3 4 year i used to watch a tv outside the shop and watch the thunderbirds pull it was never had a tv i mean it's um it's really fascinating as now things have changed but i mean it's been quite a significant couple of years for like for everyone isn't it for all of us but i i i just wonder if um if there's been any new things that you've learned or adopted over the, this last 12 18 months you know since things have been very different yeah i mean uh, I, i've learned you know this pandemic because when this came in because i used to go out uh, jazz and other music and cinema and other places all that stopped so i i stopped because i thought i was a more like extrovert so i'm start looking in my own self 
who am I? So, and something happened to me because I'm part of a lot of voluntary group and, and that person telling me we should do something. So I initiated through my own uh, in recovery for all. Uh, I, I said we shouldn't be sitting there. We should be going online and engaging with the one-to-one. I emailed Catherine Allen and uh, Jane and Steve and I said we should do something. And now Wherever I went, I just said we should go on to the online because one person was doing online was the Ruby Wax. I don't know if you heard about Ruby Wax. She got this Frizzle Cafe because I have been to her event a few times. So she emailed me through that helpline. We I used to just keep on doing it every day. We meet up online and she started beautiful. And that's how where I learned from her and pass it on. Everything is online, so that one is initiated, and all that thing was happening. And one hour walking, I ex- explored so many things. Liso Park in Halsovin, I think one of the president came and they had a Shenston farm. He came, the historical place. I walking Wally Woods and uh, Clubgate, Clubgate, uh, uh, Woodgate Valley. I explored that. Harbon Walk, it's not far from. There used to be a railway line. Explored that. Walking around the canal and uh, Canal Hill Park and Sutton Park, all this thing and was front of my eye in my surrounding, but I never been there. So my and the first lockdown was so beautiful, so quiet. I don't know if you can remember in March, April, and the weather was good and no pollution. The bird was singing, and uh, you know, I just I thought I was just enjoying it because I got no pressure to do something outside, I've become more relaxed. So I was frightened to go out when these things start opening, you know what I mean? So I've learned a lot from this pandemic. And my uh, people was from the village, which are part of an oldie resident. They used to, I used to contact with them on the phone if I can do a shopping or things like that. So we just, I just kept uh, contact. And uh, even in my local area, uh, on... Uh, I think Monday or Tuesday, we used to clap for NHS. So we start three, four road. We start collecting uh, food for the homeless. So you can put beans, tomato. And so we can start collecting and take it to the food bank. I started initiative with other colleagues. I started doing that. What I learned from that, where I got the idea from our trust, you know, this uh, Mary Seacole house and uh, Roisin share her in her life. She said, a lot of people who work there, they go shopping, they bring two stuff. If they bring two beans, they bring it, they have like a big box. They put it in the box. Anybody need it, they can take it out. You've got no time. Could be anything, pasta, tomato tin. And I said, wow, that is a great idea because that is coming from heart, compassion. That's the idea I carried through collecting the food. Uh, for homeless people, so together we made that. I'm not done. Not nothing unique, like a. Yeah, it's it's <coughs> certainly made a lot of people a lot more mindful <coughs> of other people and other people's needs. Um. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for saying that, Mustak. Um, Do you know what Mustak just said there about the collecting the food for, for the homeless and and what that? Right. Yeah. I thought that's great initiative as well, and that. Uh, but what I'm also aware of is recently how the prices 
Now, I never took any notice of the prices in the supermarkets. I was one of them. The prices could be going up and I wouldn't notice. But I have noticed recently mm. and I was reading somewhere that where they used to get lots of um, donations for food and stuff like that, that some places have been struggling now. And what it is, is because when shoppers would go out and get an extra couple of tins, right, to give to the charity for, for the homeless or whatnot, right, yeah, that because the prices have gone so ex, uh, increased quite a lot, that there's less being donate, donated. Mm-hmm. And um, it's such a shame as well, mm-hmm. do you know? Uh, can I just say one thing? You know, Jennifer, when that lockdown, because I was not going out anywhere, I saved money. I can do so. Honestly, I saved money. So I gave bigger present to my grandchildren. I promised <laughs> that in myself. I shouldn't boast of I'm going to give them more money. So I saved it. That's really nice, Mr. Tucker. Must taxi just 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 thinking back now to you know because this this, this we, we try to focus on um, elements of the podcast supporting people in their own individual recovery yeah. um like what 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 things do you do that kind of inspire and support your own recovery during you know the difficult times of of, of winter and and you know change yeah I, I just say that you know you know I have lived and experienced the recovery journey. You know, the mental health difficult is very horrible and put people in the bad and dark places, even this pandemic. And uh, and they might harm themselves. You know, a lot of people harm themselves and other and they can harm others. And the way back is take long, long, a lot of hard work. And it isn't very easy. I'm telling you that now I have meaningful life through giving back, adding value to other people's life. I want to, others to be able to emerge from inside themselves to find the way out of being. When I was buried under beneath of hate, jealousy, envy, frustration, anger, all this emotion is destructive. Whenever you found love, compassion, generosity, kindness, my wife had it, and me and my wife was chalk and cheese. When my wife used to say, Mustak, we can live in a shed long as we're together. I said, what plan to you? I want a bigger house, better car. My children got to be top of the rain, top of the school, everything. And she said, and now I believe she was right and I'm wrong. I'm following the footstep of her. Whenever I follow her footstep, I'm always here, always loving because I always wanted more, more, and that was my mental health disaster. And that addiction never got fulfilled. And it was last straw in 94 when I was collapsed. And, and that's what it led me. And now tracing back to yesterday, I was tracing back and it brought me a trauma about what's happened in that 94. So sometimes it's a harder, but it's always love and compassion is very loving is very important. So Steve, thanks for I'm getting emotional, but yeah. Oh, thanks for saying that, Mushtaq. I mean, it's really, really powerful, you know. I mean, I've well, we've known each other like for a really long time, haven't we? Um, decades. Well, well you know him from Rayside. I, I was not aware of where I was 
and you was there. I didn't know you, but you saw me. <laughs> you saw me in the race that I couldn't remember it. No. Well, yeah, it was a long time ago, but um, I, I, I just think it's really remarkable, you know, that you can be so inspired by another way of being that that you adopt that and that becomes your primary way of functioning in life and you find it to be a better way because it's very easy isn't it to just continue as we are and never reflect or never review what we do or how how we think you know the kind of beliefs we hold but if you you know we do have the potential to change don't we and we do have the potential to be different and to function differently and you know you've just said like the living proof is by changing um how you view things now you function really really does support your your own recovery uh, immensely the, 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 there's a, a brilliant book on radio four at the moment book of the week mm-hmm. and it's called wintering mm-hmm. you might like this eugene and i think it's it's written by a woman called Catherine may and it's basically around um how we kind of close down for winter and how nature appears to close down mm-hmm. but when we look at it nature more closely we see it hasn't completely closed down and died but it's in preparation for the resurgence in spring yeah, yeah, and yeah. I find it really inspiring. I only listened to the first episode yesterday, but it's it's on BBC Sounds. Uh, it will be for weeks and weeks. Um, give it a listen. It's really, really inspiring. It's very, very, very good writing indeed, and it just gives you a broader perspective about things having this continuum, and even when things seem to have come to a halt, um, they they very much are, are just getting ready for the next catalyst. Um, you know, for the next uh, shape of things to come. But yeah, have a, have a look, see what you think. I mean, does anything else inspire anybody else that, that you've come across recently that, that you could, you know, refer to? Um, I mean, I was going to say earlier, Steve, uh, that it, it's too early for philosophy. I don't do that before midday, but <laughs> here I am um, doing it. Um, but yeah, it's a sort of existentialist take, but then it's about, you know, finding the meaning of self or you know assigning a meaning to it. whatever you choose whatever you feel to be best and Mistech does an excellent job of that uh, kind of I don't know demonstrating how that can be done in a really constructive way because Mistech talks about now you know not save money on purpose but that's an excellent thing because you know he, he can be more generous with it and that's something that is fulfilling in itself and I, I really like that that juxtaposition that you can do the same thing. You can buy and give, but you can do it in a way that has so much meaning yeah. if you have the right mindset about it. And that's something that's fulfilling for you. So it, it's nice to just have those different outlooks, you know, and be inspired by someone who has that much compassion and kindness and things. It's, it's really nice. It makes me feel warm, even though, you know, it's not something I've been given physically, but I feel like you give that to me, mistake. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what you say, Shay, is very inspiring to me, because what Jennifer said, I acknowledge that, you know, when you have a system of recovery, it could be church, it could be nature, it could be spiritual, it could be a father, or could be just watching TV, whatever its system makes you happy, closer to being you should follow that's what the system means whatever you love keep on doing it but what is uh, you know when you are i just want to tell this story because this person i read this inspired me 
this lady was in London. Imagine your daughter or my daughter, 14, 15. She got no bus fare. She asking everybody in London. Nobody will give. This homeless person had the last three pound or five pound. He gave it to her and she went home and she felt so safe and gratitude to that person. And now she said, I want to do something. She was start walking a charity walk. She raised 60 grand and able to buy apartment for that homeless. So from our misery, something can good can come out even in this. So that is a beautiful things like that makes me feel I'm human. We are alive. Humanity is still living today with that through homeless person. So I, every time I think about it, I become a human. Just listening, thinking of that story. I'm that kind of person just because I wasn't that person. My heart, I was conditioned to close my heart for it's all about me and I, mine. Now, when I think it's not me and I, it's our, we together, then that way I open up. When I open up, there's no difference between Eugene or Shay or Jennifer. We all in same together. So that's a, it doesn't happen all the time, but we I have got the access to come back to humanity, and we all have that. So thank you, Shay, for sharing that. Made me to respond for that. I think it's I, I don't know. I think why it's inspiring is because um, that that can make you vulnerable as well, and I think that's part of why um, sometimes or you know all the time people aren't like that. You know, we we become closed off um, sometimes to awful degrees, and I think part of that is because it's difficult to open yourself up like that, even though it's so gratifying and it really improves how you feel and how you think about the world. You know, just just doing that takes a, a lot of bravery, I think, and to continually go on with that is, yeah, it's inspiring to me. Uh, I suppose because, you know, well, I, I try not to be closed off and I'm, yeah, I, I like to think of myself as a sort of empathetic person and I'm honest and straightforward with people. I'm genuine, but uh, I do find myself quite closed off a lot of the time because it's it's risking a lot to yeah. to put yourself out there like that. But I think it it always pays off, you know, even if it's not good. Yeah. Um, it's all learning experiences, you know. Thank you, Shay. Yeah, but we've had some really inspiring and heartfelt kind of thoughts from everybody today. Yeah, I'd like to quickly add that I found Mustak talking there about his experiences <clears throat> and about his um, values of compassion and empathy is very inspiring, and about what what his journey and his transformation and how he helps others now and how coming through that trauma had transformed him and, uh, and I'd just like to say thank you uh, Mustak for for, um, for knowing you and for allowing me to hear your story. Thank you. Yeah, going back to um, the greeting that you used about seeing, being seen, acknowledging each mm -hmm. other's existence, I, I think as a result of you know your your compassionate outlook to things Mustak, I, I feel very seen by you um, not even necessarily in the physical sense but it, it yeah it feels good uh, I think just by being that way you can be a, a 
helpful person to other people by just acknowledging them because it, it feels so genuine and uh, yeah I, I feel very seen thank you Certainly, thanks. I uh, hope you enjoyed today's podcast. That was uh, Mustak Mirza, our service user governor, with Jennifer McCalla, Eugene Egan, uh, Shay Bacon, and me, Steve Shaw.